I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast. We are back in the full swing of things now because the season has finally started uh, in a proper capacity. We, we had a competitive game of the weekend, Sunderland. Not sure how bothered people are we've got out of that tournament, but we'll look back at that game and talk about it. Danny Graham signing day, so we're going to talk about that. Check a trade trophy or whatever it's called, the EFL trophy, I think you said, Nick. Uh, we, we, will, we will ask if anybody cares about that. Um, but we, we do have a game in that this week, so we'll talk about that. Takeover stuff as well. Um, yeah, and we'll just, this is us back now uh, from uh, every Monday night because we've been a little bit all over the place in the in the, in the previous months. We we uh, are going to get into some sort of routine again now, Gareth, and we're happy about that, aren't we? Oh, absolutely, yeah. How exciting it is. You sound it, you sound it, you sound thrilled. Yeah. That's, I that's will my thing. I will just say, <laughs> it is, it is, it's become well known to be your thing. Yeah. I will yeah. just say that, and I've been working at this part of the house all day, as I always do, I've not heard any queer sounds coming from outside, nothing that should interrupt the podcast at all, all day. It's quite out there at the moment, so place your bets as to when you hear something going on, like somebody will start a chainsaw up or the ice cream van or next door's dog will make an appearance. Something's about to happen, but at the minute it sounds almost too quiet. I'm not used to it. Um, joining myself and Gareth tonight is Nick Barnes of the BBC. Good evening, Nick. Good evening. Right, who's your source? Right, no, I'm only joking. Right, um, <laughs> we, 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 we cut to the quick. Cut to the quick. <laughs> well, we'll we'll look at that a little bit later on. We will have a bit of a, a chat about the. Team we'll have to have a chat about that. As you saw no, on the, the Twitter mentions, uh, Nick, um, that was every question was about that. So it's, yeah. bound, it's bound to be because everybody <laughs> wants everybody wants um, an end to it, don't they? Everybody wants it to happen. So yeah. I think I'm as impatient we'll, as anybody else. We'll come back yeah, well, to that, when you know, it's yeah. all over. You won't, you won't have people calling you a liar anymore. So know. You know, you've got that look forward <laughs> to at least. I mean, you might be a liar. We'll find out later in the pod. Who knows? <laughs> right. So now we we've established it's quite outside that we are going to talk about the takeover stuff and establish whether Nick is indeed a liar later on. Um, and we found out what the checker trade trophy is called now. It's the AFL trophy. So now we've got all that out. It's of called the, the it's called the um, Leeson dot com trophy, Stephen. It's very cleverly done the, because every. T- Every time you type in leasing.com trophy, it sends like a link. So if you go on WhatsApp and say we're playing the leasing.com trophy tonight, it'll send a link to leasing.com. Well, it's very annoying. Because technically that's they haven't modern. got a sponsor this season, have they? So, have they not? Oh, no. well, scratch that then. So you're wrong. All the little car leasing <laughs> services are available. <laughs> 
Uh, whole game then. How was how was that for you, Nick? Being in that in in that stadium, I did a bit of that at St James. It's quite strange, isn't it? Str- yeah, strange, surreal, isn't it? It's very weird. I think the strangest thing is is arriving at the stadium at um, around one o'clock, and it, it, you, you expect it to be a scene out for Spaghetti Western with tumbleweed blowing across the car park, and there's just nobody around and. It was just weird. You, you know, there's a, it's the day of a match and there's going to be nobody there. Then you're chaperoned up to the press box. The tannoy is working as normal, which seemed really odd. No team sheets, although we did have them on Saturday, I think, by accident. Um, and then this scenario of a match with no atmosphere where you can hear every cry and yelp from the players. You can hear the managers. Um, and you can hear all your, your colleagues in the press talking. And it's just very odd. Um and you know, the sooner the fans can get back in the stadium, the better for everybody. And he, 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 even like before the game, you can't just wander around and talk to people either. No, all the social distancing's in place. Everyone's meant to be wearing face masks in the stadium um, on entry and leaving. Obviously, when you're doing the game, you can't. But then everyone's sat two meters apart in the press box. Um, the game itself, I actually quite enjoyed the first half. I thought Sunderland played well I thought Hull you know didn't really they, they would they, they weren't at the races and Sunderland should have been out of sight um, and during the first half you know we, that sort of mantra of the last couple of seasons that you're going to rue missing these chances it will come back and bite you and, 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 it, and of course it did um, I thought the second half was poorer in terms of quality I thought it just started to sort of uh, it, it did get um a bit sort of frayed, if you like, and Hull certainly enjoyed their best spell of the game coming towards the end of the match. But, um, yeah, disappointing ultimately to to go out when the chances were there and then arguably two goals ruled out, one or if not both of them, probably OK. But like I think you alluded to earlier on, will anybody lose any sleep being knocked out of the League Cup? Probably not. I think, yeah. you know, the priority's got to be the league. It's got to be... Uh, all guns concentrating really on 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 getting out of the division this season. I think you. Get I was that quite thing relaxed. Though, don't you? I relaxed about the performance. Yeah, but it's still. You know, in the build-up, people would talk it down, but once you get into the game, you still obviously get the frustration afterwards that we haven't won. So um, even if people aren't bothered about going out, people are still, you know, asking. You know why we didn't take our chances? Why we went flat in the second half? You know why? You know, you know all those sorts of questions that you get after any game when you've lost. So, I mean, you know, like Nick said, there two disallowed goals. Well, one arguably two could have stood, and sometimes you do just think the first green, one, like, don't you? Because. Yeah. Well, the manager didn't think the first one was a foul, Nick, did he? He thought that. No, he didn't. I think, and I think Marco Gabbiadini said in watching it, he felt the goalkeeper just collided with Will Grigg, um, rather than Will Grigg actually pushing the goalkeeper. And that's clearly what the the referee thought Will Grigg had done was push the keeper. But I think it was probably the other way round. I think the keeper might have slipped, or he certainly fell into Will Grigg rather than Will Grigg actually. Um, fouling the goalkeeper I mean that's a strange one going back to the Gareth's right about it you know you come away from a game that you know you, you, you want to win it you want to win every game but the strange thing is the game finished 0-0 and I think the biggest concern for me out of that is the fact they didn't score and we've got this problem 
seemingly okay after only one game that has, that has haunted Sunderland all last season and the season before, just not scoring enough goals. Yeah, I think, and I am relaxed about the performance. I'm obviously frustrated because me, like every other Sunderland fan, we're probably watching this thinking, we're playing well, but we're just not breaking them down. However, I saw enough in that partnership and he, and he played two up front, Grigg and O'Brien, and I saw enough in that. Will Grigg scored two goals where on another day in League One, both goals could have counted and he could have had his name on the score sheet twice. His work for the O'Brien chance when he chased that defender back and he kept hustling him, hustling him, and he got his foot in and won the ball back. I mean, if there was crowd there, they would have been applauding that because that's what they want to see from their players. And Willigrid perhaps has been um, accused of not doing that before. And actually his tackle, when he, 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 he pulled that back, that's when Sunderland then broke and O'Brien had that chance, which he should have took the net off with that. And I'm just thinking that's the first time really they've played in, in, in a game together like that. I'm encouraged by that because that could have been three goals, should have been three goals between them. And that's only going to get better, you would have thought, if it's persevered with. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. And I think also because you've got Danny Graham in now, um, you, you've got, you're, 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 you know, you're getting numbers in and hopefully the midfielders are going to contribute more as well. It's interesting, Max Power played much further forwards in that sort of um, midfield role than last season. And Dobson dropped a lot deeper. But Max Power, I thought, you know, unlike last season, I thought he was busy around the penalty area for once and, you know, just little balls laid off for Denver Hume or O'Brien or whoever. Um, and that added a little, sort of a little bit extra in terms of a threat about the penalty area and trying to carve out chances. I mean, I've got no, no problem with the fact they, they no. carved out chances. I think it was just the fact that they just couldn't get on the end of one, which was, was, was frustrating. It's interesting that they've changed the system as well. And since last season, obviously last year it was the the three across the front, whereas he's gone with the Christmas tree sort of style with the two... Well, sorry, he hasn't. He's gone with two up front with one in behind, with, with Maguire being the, the one in behind. And I thought Maguire actually struggled a little bit to get into the game from that area, mm-hmm. which was... Um, you know, maybe it was just on the day, on this, this particular day, he couldn't do that. Um, obviously, when you're playing wide, you've got a little bit more... You know, a bit of space to to get on the ball. Whereas when you, it was all very narrow in the game, and you just didn't seem to be able to get his foot on the ball. Um, but the fact, obviously, we brought we've got the the four strikers in now. Um, it, it, it's uh, it, it's it's clear that it's it's a change in approach. I think, and that obviously, you think it feels as though getting another striker on the pitch means that we're gonna. You know, score more goals, um, and we did create chances, and we we could still do it. Getting more bodies in the box, and like Stephen said, or Ryan should have absolutely buried that. Uh, yeah, he should. Yeah, he should. Um, but like you know, there was, there was a lot of encouraging things about it, um, and the next few weeks, you know, it's funny because obviously now out of that cup, we would have been playing like. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, every week. Um, and now we're out of that. You know, we've got clear weeks building up to the start of um, October, October. When, and then it'll start to get busy. Well, October, November, you've got eight games in each month, haven't you? 
because there's three league, three let was the EFL trophy game and two league games on the Tuesday yeah. nights and the, well, and the Saturday matches. Like, I mean, for, for the foreseeable, and that's why it's important to get the the bodies in. Um, you know, the the forward positions. It's a funny one because Gooch was so important for us last year, and then. If we've, if we've changed the shape in the forward area, it looks as though Maguire's got, you know, that position, and maybe he doesn't see Gooch in there. So it's quite that's a quite an interesting one because I would argue Gooch is probably the main saleable asset in in the like you could probably say of all the players that we've got. I'm not talking, saying we should sell Gooch by the way, but I mean that clubs maybe in the championship for example might look at a player like Gooch or Willis um as two players who they'd be interested in in taking. So the fact that he missed out and it obviously indicates that's the way we're gonna go start the season is quite an interesting one. Well I I was surprised Gooch didn't start on Saturday. I mean I and I think there was a I think a lot of us thought White was gonna start, Gooch would have started, Maguire on the right. But then you've you, you've always got this um, conundrum, I suppose, now this season because you've got O'Brien there now because you've got Graham in because you've got Grigg and White who've been scoring goals in pre-season. It, it's you know the manager always says it's the it's the conundrum he wants because he, he he's got choice and you've got to find now the right formula. He's got to hit upon the eleven that is going to start scoring goals and winning games. I did look glanced at Bristol Rovers. Line up today against Ipswich the weekend. It's interesting at Ipswich, who are going to clearly be one of Sunderland's main promotion sort of rivals, beat Bristol Rovers 3 0. But Rovers fielded a strong team. Now, I suspect the team that they fielded would be much like the team that they're going to field against Sunderland on Saturday with Max Imer signing and um, Jack Baldwin, um, etc. So, uh, you know, Ipswich have hit the ground running. They've scored three goals in the League Cup. Um, Sunderland have sort of slightly faltered because they haven't scored and we're coming back to that old sort of problem of scoring goals and you've just got to hope that that, that one game was a one-off. Hi, I'm back. We didn't even mention that you'd gone, Oh, Stephen, did you not? So did you not? No, okay. Yeah. Well, oh, well, you did really well there then. I, I, I didn't have any faith in you to do that, so... Uh, I thought that the listener might have been aware that I've just dropped out for like ages for some reason. My internet was still on, but it kicked us out of the meeting. Um, I was too. This is what happens when you're too cocky because there's no background sounds in the garden, like there has been ruining the podcast, <laughs> like dogs and ice cream vans and chainsaws. It's eerily quiet outside, yeah. so I've got really confident. And then, uh, considering I work from home and I'm in meetings all the time, that's never happened either. Where I've dropped out for like five minutes like that. I don't the have a clue the, what you've been talking the, about while yeah. I've been away. The man with the chainsaws, like, cut through the internet cables. That's what's happened. <laughs> yeah. So a couple a of people fix. were saying you should have you should have went out and confronted that guy with a chainsaw, like you would go and confront <laughs> somebody with a chainsaw. Yeah, that's exactly what you're going to do, isn't Maybe it? that was the joke. Maybe it's, it's a reflection of how they feel about you as a person, Stephen. Uh, maybe hmm, one Possibly. I don't know. I mean, it's just how, a thought. <laughs> how far has the chat progressed from uh, whatever it is we were saying? Well, I've revealed my I've revealed my source, and I've taken. I've talked about. I've talked about the takeover. So you've you've had your chance. <laughs> I'll just have to listen back then. Start talking about Danny Graham. Do that. Yeah, Danny Graham. Shall we talk about Danny Graham? Uh, I, I reached out with um, a lad on Twitter actually, who we've 
had on the show as a, a Blackburn guest before, and I was, I was trying to wrap my brains out why we had him on as a Blackburn hmm. guest. Were Blackburn still in the Premier League when we first started this? No. No, because Martin, o- well, Martin O'Neill's first game was Blackburn, though. Um, Wasn't yeah. it? And we yeah, started at the end of that season, so perhaps, yeah, perhaps. I'm not Blackburn, sure. Maybe we signed a player from Black. Maybe, maybe no, because this is off a while. This was off a few years ago, anyway. And he he was always our Blackburn contact, and he said that Danny Graham, apart from the last few months of last season, was has been extremely influential for Blackburn over the last three years, and that all their creative attacking players benefit from his hold up play and benefit from him bringing them into the game, and he's been a massive part of their turnaround, apparently. So I think you, it's okay, isn't it, to acknowledge. It's perhaps not the long-term signing that, that you would want, but it's not, you know, every single signing can't be the same. We can't, we can't go out and only sign players who are like 2021 and they're going to have a massive resale value in years. It, it, it just life and football just doesn't work like that. You, yes, you want, to, you want that to be your business model going forward, but sometimes you need to make these signings as well, right? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's a case of this season. You've got to try and um, you've got to take advantage of any advantage that you possibly can get given. And if it, if it means you take a gamble on Danny Graham, well, so be it. I think you know they, they will have done their homework on what he's done at Blackburn over the last two or three years. They'll have done their homework over the last few weeks, watching him getting fit, training, and just generally around the dressing room. And I don't think you can compare Danny Graham now to Danny Graham when he was here last time round. They're two different divisions. He's moved on. He's older. He's you know, hopefully more experienced. And I think it's an extra body which um, you know, is giving you a chance. I've said already that this is the season they've got to get out of this division. And what Phil Parkinson seems to be doing is trying to give himself as many opportunities and chances as he can to get bodies in to, to make those chances better if you like yeah um, yeah did, you relaxed did, about it Gareth yeah yeah I mean, yeah very when, when it first sort of came out it feels like it's been the worst kept secret in football for the last six weeks that we've been you know interested in Danny Graham I wasn't I wasn't I thought yeah fair enough I mean he he scored he has recent records, goals-wise, hasn't been great, but he's been playing the championship. And before that, he had a decent return in the championship the season before and obviously got goals at this level when he was promoted with um, with Blackburn. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I can understand that's why, you know, for a number of reasons why people wouldn't be happy about it. And people might say, give you pelters for saying, well, actually, I don't think it's that bad of a... A deal given the circumstances, you know they're going to have to have balance across the squad. I think we've got four forwards there now. Um, if we're going to play the two up with the one in behind, but then if we want to, we've got the options wide. I mean, we talked about it'll be interesting to see going forward. He has the he varies it between the the front three and the and the the front two. Um, and he was criticised by ourselves for not having a, a plan B. It was like, this, we've got plan A, and then if that doesn't work, it's just more plan A. Um, whereas if this is an option to have two different systems, <coughs> it's good to have that variety. If, like Stephen's saying, Graham's supposed to be a, a hold-up player, you know, we haven't seen 
that that's the role that Charlie White's supposed to be playing, and he doesn't do that effectively often enough. Um, if you just need somebody for people to play off, and you're playing two up and one in behind, then that's I think it's absolutely fine to have someone like Danny Graham involved. Well, Marco said as well that he can quite happily play on the left, Danny Graham, and cut cut in and bring in players. Um, he's, he's he's you know quite accomplished at that as well as being directly a number ten through the middle. So I mean, there is as you say, his options. I think that Aidan O'Brien is he, again. While he says he wants to play through the middle, he's more than comfortable playing on the left. So again, you've got players that are, um, you know, I think Phil Parkinson be mindful. You don't have to play them in one set position. You can move those three around. Yeah, yeah. Like Gareth said, we, we've you know we've criticised him for not having a plan B, and he's certainly got that now. He's got he's got different kinds of centre forward, different kinds of wide players. My concern would be something you touched on earlier there, Gareth. If he's going to do the three five two, who who he's got as a second number eight? Because I think Max Pelton can get forward. Maguire, the jury's out. Gooch, I'm not sure he's got the discipline to do that. So he still, in my opinion, needs to bring a centre midfielder in. But we just never seem to be getting. Well, he's got he's got, Scoen, with he's any. got Josh yeah. Scoen as well. I mean Scoen. Well, he's yeah. He's it nominally looks as though he's the, the 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 role that Dobson was playing on um, Saturday. Scoen does like he's a, he, you know he is a rat. I mean he does like to scurry. He does like to to be busy. If you, so it's an option. Mm, I think we're lacking a bit of drive in the midfield, but I, I feel like we just mourn about this all throughout the episode of the last well, time around. So I think a lot of the criticisms, aside from the obvious with Graham. Um, Surround the. F- it's more that we've signed. It's we've signed him and not someone with strength and pace and drive. And this is what we've been asking for. And it's been obvious for the last three years that we need somebody, you know, the right player who is quick, who is who, who you know, offers a bit of physicality, either through the middle up front or in central midfield. And we just haven't, we haven't addressed it. And I think some of the frustration maybe signing Graham, it looks as though it's an instead of um, rather than as as well as. So at the end of the window, if we haven't signed that other type of player um, and it doesn't go well for Graham, I can understand why there's going to be some criticism in saying, well, why did we sign an old, slow centre forward who's failed here before? Whether or not those things are correct, um, because I agree with you, Nick, in that it's a completely different situation. Well, it absolutely is a different situation to the first time he was here. Um, you know, it's it's. I guess it depends if he's trying. I guess it depends if he tr- if he's trying to bring that other person in. Because if he is, then there's still there's no reason not to go and sign someone yeah. like Danny Graham as well. You you wouldn't say no. I'm not going to do that in case I don't get the other person. But whether he is or not, is anyone's I mean, guess. It's there's just never been. It's a interesting. Hint. To me, that, that that's a position he's looking at, and it seems like a gaping well, but, but, hole but, but, in the middle of the park. As far, well, as far well as you're talking about the number eight concerned. position or, the, or another forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he, I guess another midfielder. He, but drive, he, yeah. spoke about people with those qualities in both of those positions. I think so. I think it's relatable to both. I think when you're looking at pace and power in the forward positions, people are possibly looking at the wide positions, or rather than somebody who's playing up front to hold the ball up because. They, they tend to bring those when we when we've struggled against other teams. It tends to be those wide players 
who'll score the goals and who'll cause us problems when they come in from from the wing. And and that that's where the pace needs to be, I think, when you're looking to counter attack. So be interesting to see if he if he, he addresses this situation. Is anybody paying any well, you are, Nick, it's your job. But is anybody paying any great deal of attention to this this, uh, yes. this cup game, Gareth, from I a fan's point of view? There's a few, there's a number of factors with this one. and So we're out there at the League Cup. You know, we're not going to get very far in the FA Cup. You know, financially, the checker trade, whatever, the, sorry, the EFL trophy, could be important, you know, to the club. Um you know, it just probably isn't as financially um, sort of helpful as it was when we got to the final and the first season when we were in League One. You got a yeah. lot of games all this year. Yeah. They're, they're, they're crabbing the season in, the crabbing yeah, the season if already. We, if we bring another three players in, um, we should have. So, for example, if you play the Czech Trade, sorry, the EFL Trophy <laughs> uh, on a Tuesday night and you play. <laughs> Graham and White up front and then on the Saturday you play in your league game and you've got O'Brien and Grigg up front I'm just saying that these are the options I know Stevens I kind of sort of twisting his face because I've just paired White and Graham together but more, it's more the point that <laughs> in this competition given how other teams take it as well in the early stages those two forwards should be more than capable of winning the game for Sunderland um, so when you're playing what have we got Carlisle I think it is again yeah, and yeah. Fleetwood Fleetwood um, <clears throat> so yeah I, th- I think personally I think it's important especially in, in terms of you know financially the club it's probably something worth having a go at I think you could, you could probably earn up to what was it about a million pounds well, it was, it was a, a million was cited wasn't it when they got to the final yeah so, last season but um, I, I, I always like the competition but you know I know the early rounds are a bit of a, yeah of a tr- there's too a many games sure, isn't there but yeah, if they just I think, did a straight knockout it would probably which be I thought they might have done this year with everything that's gone yeah. on I thought it might have been a straight knockout but then of course because of and it shouldn't no. be it well, shouldn't be the under 23s it well, should it's just under be the under 21s but, yeah. Um, yeah and I thought they might it, it might have stopped yeah, that this season and just had a knockout and made it the leagues one and two but it is what it is. It's there, and I think you know one thing it will do with the size of the squad that Parkinson's now got, and with the sort of redirection that the academy's taken, the under twenty threes team and the youngsters, it's going to give you know a, a number of those players that we've always talked about not getting opportunities in the past are going to get opportunities now because I think Phil Parkinson will look to play those players in these games, and that will that can only help. When it comes to if you if you're trying to reinforce and strengthen your first team squad with players from the under twenty threes, at times then this is a competition that offers you that chance to do it. How many can we put? How many? Say, how, how, how many, many can we play? Three. Like um, with the rules, you can, the rules are I think you've got to play five is it, or six players who were in the first team squad in the previous, the previous. match. So um, or they or they'll be in the squad for the next game as well. Yes, that, yes, yeah. something like that. But you can easily you could easily see the likes uh, maybe four five if not six coming into the squad tomorrow night. Dan Neal, um, Elliot Embleton if he's fit, Jack Diamond, may well see Brandon Taylor, Morgan Feeney. I think we can see, you, you can 
see how the the side might be changed a lot. I mean, uh, do you yeah. remember that game at Morecambe the other year in the competition? Yeah. I think it was eleven changes was or something. Ha- did we Hackett played, didn't he? And um, yeah. Another I, I think did Barley Mumba play that night? I can't, anyway, there was. Maybe. I think there was ten or eleven changes that night. So you can bend the rules and make those changes. Yeah. How many? How many do we do we think have, have, have got a, a chance? Because you're looking at Neil, you're looking at um, Embleton. Obviously, well, well, the, the, Jack those, Diamond. Are those three to that? me are the three that stand out. And, then, and I've said it a couple of times in the last week or so. Dan Neil has looked a bit like. <laughs> the sort of Josh Madger discovery a couple of years ago in pre-season when Josh, nobody really expected anything of in pre-season, suddenly he was the standout player. Now, I thought Dan Neal in the, in the pre-season games, and OK, it's only a, a couple of games, but when he came on, he, he had an impact and I just thought there was something about him. Um, I think he could really, if he, if, you know, it's up to him now, clearly, but he's got a, and he's, Christ, I mean, he's 18, so he's got, he's got a massive opportunity now. I mean, that would be a, bit, a big leap, obviously, but... What he's yeah. shown so far, it will be it will be it will be good for them. Yeah, it would be good for them to take yeah. one one or two of them or three of them to take the chances because that the under twenty threes have been shocking as we know over the over the last over the last year. So it would be good to see something good come out of that. I know Jack Diamond yeah. was away last season and Embleton was something around good to come out of it for anyway. other clubs um, because we but, all the best ones have been sold. So um, unfortunately. Uh, before they've even got to the twenty threes in, in, in a couple of cases, unfortunately. Yeah. Shocking. When when you actually read that list out, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. That, by the way. Um right, so uh something I I guess you know, looking at the Bristol Rovers game, it's only gonna be if one of those players really take a chance, I think. It's not gonna be okay just to come in and hold your own and look oh he did okay because we he he's got a template that he set last Saturday now and I I would have thought he's not gonna go too far away from that, Charlie White might have a chance, and and um, and Scoward might have a chance, like you said, Nick. But it's somebody in order to get in that team. The game after this, you would imagine, needs to go and really, really do something well, really something, do something. Yeah, good I, I, in this you game. know, I don't think we're going to tell, get much out of the game against Aston Villa in terms of what we're going to see against Bristol Rovers. But I think he's got uh, Phil Parkinson will have got a, an idea from the game against Hull. Um, as to, I mean, he was very conservative last season in, in sense that he, once he had an eleven, he, t- he did sten- yeah. tend to stick stick with it. But uh, arguably, and I also think the argument was as well that people in other, at other clubs started to read the system pr- fairly fairly quickly and, and, and yeah. negated it, if you like. Um, remember comes, though, he, he did change it against Bristol Rovers, and yeah, we were terrible, <laughs> lost the game, and that that was it. Which I mean, is a, that was the season over anyway. But. Yeah, which is a sort of argument for sticking. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that we've had this argument on Total Sport with Marco. Says there's no reason why you can't play the same eleven, the same system week in, week out if the players are good enough. Um, and and, and, that, and that's the yeah. key. That, that's the key. You need yeah. you need to be better than everybody yeah. else if you're going to do so, that. So you know, hopefully, he does hit upon that an eleven yeah. that that proves that. I think it's when you, when it's not working in the game, it's making changes effectively, not bringing Kyle Lafferty on in the eighty fourth minute yeah. every every week. That that's that's the different. Well, well, it won't be Lafferty. Yeah, it'll be but, Danny. It'll be Danny Graham this the, year. You know, that's the point, isn't it? It's you can play the same eleven every week. However, if it isn't going right in the game, you've got to be willing to make changes sooner um, and have different ideas. Maybe that you know different things you can do. 
like at the, at the weekend, I was thinking, you know, midway through that second half, we just were too narrow. There was nobody going getting wide, and you know that the chance that Graham scored, which said look onside. Um, sorry, uh, Greg scored. Greg. Sorry, um, yeah, it, that came from a wide area. It just felt as though that we we could have maybe stretched the game wider and like created those spaces rather than just playing within the width of the penalty area. And maybe we could have made changes where, rather like-for-like changes, uh, we could have brought on, say, Gooch and gone wider, maybe left Maguire on and, and returned to that system of last season, which was when we went on that run um, between December and uh, March was very effective. So, you know, it's again, we think it's too early to make... It absolutely is too early to make any sort of, you know, overarching judgments about what we've seen on Saturday. Um, you know, and how this season's going to go. It's going again. It's going to be ten, ten, twelve games into the season. You know, before we start to see, you know, what what are we what are we going to be capable of this year? Is it going to be the playoffs, or is it going to be, you know, we could go well, in the top two. I mean, my I, I, my gut feeling is it'll be the playoffs only because not necessarily some, uh, uh, what Sunderland do or don't do, but I think the it's the other teams that they'll be competing with at the top. I think probably or arguably, and what I've seen so far of the, the recruitment they're doing are at the moment stronger. But y- y- you know, Phil Parkinson says himself he's experienced. He knows what you need to get out of this division is a deep squad, and Sunderland have got that and probably got a deeper squad than a number of the teams around them. But uh, I, I, I agree with you on the 10-game thing. I think you've got, you've got to wait to see how you know this, the team starts to settle and how it pans out over those number of games. Unless you do an Ipswich and start really well your first 10 yeah. games. Isn't it? Well, it, it's terrible. interesting, but Paul, but Paul Lambert's under pressure. I mean, he was under... Um, a very good friend of mine covers Ipswich, and he was saying that a lot of the, the Ipswich fans were losing patience with Paul Lambert at the end of last season. Um, he's he's under pressure to start well. Um, I think he knows that um, because I think the Ipswich fans will soon turn if it doesn't doesn't go right for Ipswich early on. Mm, interesting. How, how do you think the mood seems, Nick? Because um, around the time when it became obvious, Parkinson was struggle struggling, and the fans did a statement and everything like that. The mood just seemed to be at an all time low all around the place. Now I know pre season always brings with it a little bit of uh, optimism. I think the the players are fresh off a break uh, and a very long one in this case, um, and there's always a little bit of optimism. Uh, it's normally like the warm the warm days and stuff like that, and everybody always thinks this could be our season. But it does genuinely seem like. It's a decent place to be around at the moment. Well, I think I think there's a there's a there's a couple of caveats to it this year. I think because of the, the a the COVID situation and nobody's allowed in the ground, b the takeover situation, and c I think the Phil Parkinson. Do you do you know is he the is he the right man for the job? And if you if you mix all that together, I think it's very easy. You you mentioned it before the mood the mood changed very very quickly last season when the results didn't go. Sunderland's way and Phil Parkinson's way but at the same time the mood changed very quickly back again when they started winning games so I think at the moment we're in this sort of strange this other world at the moment where everybody wants to be optimistic and think right yeah they're making signings 
They're getting a squad together. They're going to have a good season this season. But there's a but. And what's happening with the club? Who's going to be owning it? When will we get back in to watch some football again? And, you know, it, it, always that fear at the back of your mind that you're going to be the club that misses out again and we're confronted with a fourth year in League One. And, and so we're sort of spiralling around within that bubble, if you like. OK, I think we'll take a little break and then we're going to come back and we're going to finish off talking about the takeover because, let's be honest, there's going to be people listening now and that's what they uh, want us to talk about, I think. So we will do that and come back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Stephen Elliott and you listen to the Wise Man Say podcast. Okay, the season is back with us. That means uh, you're going to watch the matches, not at the ground, but in a pub, at home. You still want to look the park, Gareth, don't you? And you still want to sit there decked out like you go to a football match and if that's not replicate replica kits if you're not that person and i'm not that person it's casual clothing casual attire don't you agree well i mean you're talking to nick who you know <laughs> i was talking to you was linen <laughs> linens in the summer and tweeds in the winter i think it's a, maybe yeah. a different demographic but um, from the terraces don't do tweed but, yet but maybe there's a maybe nah, there's a maybe there's a, a chance to get into that market mm, i'm sure i'm sure there is um, yeah, maybe they can just do a, a special one for you and, and get on that, Nick, and, and get you to wear that and yeah. test test the water with it. Test it. Do trying people to find want a tweed. tweed? What they do, sir? Trying to find a tweed face mask. I haven't been able to find one yet. I'm mm. sure someone will come up with one. I, I would have. Sounds yeah. It might be a bit heavy. I know. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I think it's a bit, it might be a bit heavy around yeah, the nose, yeah. around the nose yeah, and mouth. Yeah. That one. Yeah. You don't. You don't want to. Su- you don't want to suffocate. Um, <laughs> exactly. You certainly won't suffocate in from the terraces. Um, delightful polo shirts, cargo shorts, jackets, etc. And you can buy um, all of them from from the terraces.co.uk. Use the code WMS10 to get 10% off your basket. Um, and obviously follow them on at terraces from as well. So you can sometimes have even better deals than the WMS10 code. So keep an eye yeah. out for those you can I think you can follow them on Twitter keep an well. eye on them noticed um, Max Power was wearing um, one of the jackets uh, down the, when he was out the other day um, so you know if you want to be who wouldn't want to be like Max Power um, if you want to be like him then you know 
get involved. My pitch, Chris, if you're listening, um, for your next new product, since we can't go out uh, to watch the games generally, and we have to watch at home, um, is from the terraces loungewear, quite literally casual clothing. So you put your lovely from the terraces lounge pants on so you can watch the match on the stream. I mean, you're not going out, you might as well. From the terraces pyjamas, basically. Yeah. Lockdown special. A lockdown so special. Pop out to the shops and then get in your 10%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It depends what area you live in. That might be the norm. People wearing extremely casual stuff to go to the shops. Right. You, you, like, you, like, you, you like popping to the shops, Stephen. Um, do you ever go I to the shops like in your pyjamas? No, I'm not that guy at all, I'm afraid. Um, and I would be quite snob, snobby. Um, over, but over you're the, na- the, na- you're the naked it. rambler. <laughs> I tell you what, especially well, at the moment, um, you know, you don't want to be going out in the clothes you've slept in. I mean, have some consideration for other people if you're one of those people. Happened in Lidl the other day, I went to Lidl, there was a guy with his jar bottoms on and some like Crocs with no socks. I was like, what are you doing? Wore a face mask though, so, you know, that's good of him after spreading all of his at least you're not the guy. At least. At least not the guy who takes a photo and plasters it all over social media to try and shame people. Right, let's get back on the football. Nick, we um, we mentioned you were coming on. What topic do you think people want to talk about? Um, Aston Villa. Who who will play? Who will play in goal for Aston Villa as under twenty ones tomorrow night? (laughs) There was one person who was asking you what your favourite ever game was. So if you want to answer that one, get that one over there. Oh God. Honestly, there's been a oh, few. Your, f- I mean, your favourite ever, mo- favorite ever moment commentating, I think. Um, the way it was phrased. I think probably when, oh, even though the line went down straight afterward, when um, the League Cup semi-final at Old Trafford and Vita Minoni and um, the last seconds of that evening, I, that, that, that was just um, unreal. Fantastic. As an occasion. Yeah. Best I don't night many ever. Sunderland fans, yeah. I don't think many Sunderland fans would agree that in the... What you would call the very modern era, anyway. Um, probably, probably the '92 FA Cup final run, isn't it, Sids? Um, I would say that's in the top it, five nights mm. of of my adult life. Easily, it was absolutely Good. amazing. The whole thing was unbelievable. The the match and then afterwards and everything. The night out, a pint tastes better, doesn't it? When you got got to Wembley, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that that you know, just spending an, just spending an hour and a half in a random pub in Manchester is just the best night in the world. Even though it's just standing <laughs> in a pub for an hour and a half, but it feels like it's just amazing. There's people shouting at us now, saying, yeah, "Not bothered, saying, not bothered, he's lads." Done a, deflect, deflect, deflect. <laughs> Nick's saying. I mean, you know, you're not going to reveal your sauce, Nick. I mean, unless you no. want to, and that would be good for us now. Our, our yeah, well, um, I, I have to say, Nick, I listened to the. Um, Listen to you on the on on in the car on the Saturday, and you, you seemed like really annoyed, which is quite. I was quite laughing about it. No offense, sorry. But you were just <laughs> like, well, people want to believe me. That's fine. So you know, I, do if people are going to say I'm a liar, that's fine. You were just like, I, 
I don't think I don't think that you know, and some people might be saying that I don't I don't go and ready to go, so I don't know what the crack is over there. I would never pay our the club and other people pay far too much attention to that in what is a group of people sitting on the internet talking, um, as opposed to a group of people sitting on here talking. Well, you know, thousands of people listening, Gareth. So you know, so, yeah, probably it, it some might, people on, off there. Might, as well. Must carry weight. Um, I don't know, maybe there's thousands of people commenting on there. I don't go, I just always assume it will be the same people. Maybe it's not, and I'm doing it a disservice. I'm not going to go on and try out. Um, I would I would say generally, Nick, the consensus I'm getting is I don't think people think you're a liar. I do think people are concerned who your source is and whether there are whether there is another agenda with giving you information. Is that, is, well, is that I, fair I, I, without giving it anything away? Well, yeah, absolutely fair, and I think... You know, going back to what Gareth was saying earlier about me being annoyed on Saturday is that for the last three weeks, four weeks, people have been banging on at me to give an update. What's happening? What's happening? You've gone very quiet. And I've said all along, I didn't I wouldn't expect to hear anything um, in the process of a sale of a football club. Now, I found out some stuff on on Friday night, Saturday morning, um, and it it held up to scrutiny, actually, because I sort of looked into it. Saturday, which is one of the reasons why um, people were saying, well, why don't you just announce it now? There's a couple of reasons. One, I, you know, you can put something on Twitter and then it gets... It, and as has been happening this last month or so, stuff's misconstru- misconstrued, misinformed, taken out of context. So I thought, right, I need to, to, to check this out. And there are also a lot of people... I mean, you, you sort of alluded it today. You don't look at Ready to Go. And there are a lot of people who don't aren't on Twitter... But they do listen to the radio, and um, I knew by putting out a, a, a tweet a tweet on Saturday saying, "Look, I'm going to you know this is the update that everyone's been asking for." Um, it gives everybody a fair chance through Facebook, Twitter, the radio to to hear it. Now, um, I knew as soon as I say what I said on Saturday, there'll be a, there'll be a percentage who um, are sort of feel that it's it, it was not true or it's just whiff or waffle but um you know i've been quite rigorous in finding out and it's the scrutiny with which i've held it up to i wouldn't have gone on air if i didn't believe what i was saying was true now um i had a long conversation with Stuart donald uh when the fans meeting was held at the stadium of light and that i interviewed him obviously and I, after that interview i had a long conversation with him and he made it quite clear and i think he's He's fully aware that people don't want him here. Even if there are supporters uh, and you can't quantify the numbers that do, the majority, I think it's without um, question now, want him to go. And I know he feels he is unwelcome. Um, and I said that you can't stay. Whatever you do, you have got to go. And I think he's, he's, um, he has embraced that without question. And he knows that's the situation. Now, but, if, but if he doesn't get what he's if he doesn't get what he wants for the club, he might think a well, promotion will help with that. I, I don't know. I, I honestly, sincerely believe he will be gone um, in the next month, two months. I really don't think he's in any position to stay at this football club. Now, in terms of the process, uh, it seems absolutely genuine to me, and what I've been told that that is right. That the the the, the exclusivity is over. The hold-ups, if it was a hold-up, um, because the time scale is still pretty much on schedule, has been to do with COVID, COVID-19. And one of the checks I made 
on Saturday was to talk to a friend of mine who's a lawyer about this whole coronavirus issue and whether it could possibly delay uh, contracts. And yes, it can and will and has because um, potential buyers in any business are very, very mindful of the possibility of another shutdown, possibility of uh, all the advances that they've tried to make over the last month or two in getting people back into stadiums can be stopped um, and so on. So there's there's a lot of legalese surrounding all of that um, and that's quite understandable. And the next stage is the right and proper owner's test with the EFL um, and some other legal bits and bobs of which there don't seem to be any issues and I understood that was going to be the case right at the start anyway. Now as to who who is buying the club, I don't know. I can speculate and have speculated and you try and add things together and come up with, I think, what a lot of people have been coming up with over the last um, three or four weeks. And, we, you know, to narrow that down, we'll all be pointing fingers at Sartori, FPP. Well, without, and, well, without giving anything away, have, has, have, has your source hinted at anything? No, even off no the and I don't, I, not even record. off the record. All, no. all I know um, is that it's not Mark Campbell and it's not William Story. So... Um, Beyond that, I have got no more idea than anybody else as to who is buying the football club. And, and you know, as I've said, anything else is, is speculation. But Did. I do believe it's on on course to be sold. And, um, you know, there is talk, and I'm hoping to clarify a few of these things this week, actually. There is talk, there was talk that someone said that it may be just a, um, a reallocation of shares. I don't think it will be. I think it will be a full and you know full-bodied sale i don't think uh, in any shape or form stuart donald will be at the football club um time scales look they're movable it could get down to the end of september everything's in place everything's ready to sign and whoever it is coming in might decide mm, i don't want to do it after all but i think that's the worst case scenario and if everything else has been done properly which it, i assume it has been i don't see that necessarily as being a, a problem, and when, so when you when you when you when you were first when you were first given when you were first given this information, uh, you know, bearing in mind where you got it from, did you ever was there any conflict in your mind of whether you should run with it or did you think it was solid? Well, enough to... yeah, I I, the, I I knew it was solid, and yes, there's the conflict. Then do you do you say anything or do you do you not say anything? But I just think in the current environment, the current atmosphere, people fans want a sale, fans want Stuart Donald out, and. um I think it's, you know, I I was confident enough in what I've been told that it's true. And um, I've got the sort of courage of my convictions, if you like, on that. And I just think people would, people have a right to know. I think the fans have a right to know because we're all impatient for this to get done. And I think, um, you know, as I say, I've got, the, I had the courage of my convictions at the time. I've not wavered from that. Yeah, I, look, everything that's come with it is... I guess part and parcel, isn't it? But um, you just have to take it on the chin. But I still, I still, you know, sincerely believe that the club will be sold and and, and Stuart Donald will be leaving. Can you understand why some fans think this is a red heron? Totally, and I and, and absolutely, people are entitled to their uh, own opinions. And I've got no. I mean, the only thing I'd say to that is at least I'm coming into this from a perspective that I've been given information from a source which I think is um, authoritative and on my sort of scrutinising it and checking it with some other people and other 
avenues i i still believe that it's i'm you know i'm i will back my judgment on this so uh, that's all i can do that's that that's that's you know people can believe me people can't i'm damned if i do i'm damned if i don't at the moment but i yeah. do think it, 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 i think it's fair that people should hear what i've got to what what i've I mean, heard i mean it's um i mean you you, you seem obviously when it first broke the story you were very confident saying you know can't say it'll be done that was basically that you know the kind of suggestion you were given so what is it in and obviously how far you can go into it but what is it in that that what is it in the conversations that have that make you so confident that it will I, get because done? They, because the information i've been given uh i mean it's gone beyond the uh what's been put on twitter or beyond what i said on air on saturday i know i've had other conversations um since both times to uh bolster what i've been told and to you know i'm looking for the rigor of what i've been told as being true i need to find for my own peace of mind that i'm not being you know played if you like as a lot of people say i have been by whoever it might be now um it's it's a case of me going to a couple of other people and as i say one of them was a lawyer um friend of mine and others conversations i've had in the past and i think you know back of my mind the conversation I had with Stuart Donald at that uh, after that meeting at the Stadium of Light, um, I think, gave me the conviction that I think this is definitely going to happen. I don't, I didn't see anything or hear anything in that conversation that made me think that he, in any way is uh, is not planning to go or, or not planning to sell the football club. And now, did, 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 did you? So is this off your own digging, Nick, or did somebody give you this? Just come up here, like, just get in touch with uh, no, it, it, it was uh, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Okay. More of the other person coming to me after an initial um, okay. dig, if you like. But, uh, it, 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 you know, it, there's, a, there's a combination of things within that. You went back to how do I, do, do I feel in myself that it's true? I, yeah, I've got no question in my own mind it's true. And the, what I've sort of, people I've spoken to since the avenues I've gone down to try and clarify certain situations have all made sense. Um, and I think I, at the end of the day, you have to believe your, believe your gut, don't you? You're in a, your instinct, if you like. Yeah. You're on in it, Nick. You're definitely on in it. You can, nobody can say that you are. <laughs> Nobody's, can, nobody can say that you are. Nobody can accuse you of that. Tweed underscore Barnsley um, if you want to get in touch with Nick and tell him what, tell him what you think. There'll be a lot um, of adulation for you. At, at the end of September. Yeah. yeah. Possibly. Go- now, <laughs> now, you know, that's the other thing. That's the other thing I'm very, you know, people jumped on it initially. They said end of August. Well, no, I didn't say that. If you read that original tweet, it said start of the season. Now, at the time, the, the date I was given was the start of the league season. But, of course, everyone then has jumped onto the start of the season being Hull City. And then everyone was saying it's the end of August. So I'm being, I mean, I'll, be, I'll, I'll re-emphasise when I say this sale could be done by the end of September. Yes, provisionally, if everything goes to plan and there's perhaps no reason why it shouldn't, that is the date that has now been set as hopefully being, you know, the conclusion of the sale. But that's not to say it might not roll into October, um, and it might roll into November. I don't know. And um, that is a provision. That is a provisional date for it to be concluded. A provisional date. It's not set in stone. Okay. And and have they been updating you the whole time, or did you have to go back and ask for now? No, I've, it was, I, I've had to go back, and and it's only this weekend I actually finally got somewhere with an update, um, mm. and I hope to 
this week, there's a couple of things, you know, I do want to, if I can, get clarified, um, just for my own peace of mind. And I think then, you know, for everybody's peace of mind, if you like. Yeah. And I think lastly, just what people have been asking us have, you know, and whether the, whether your sources from somebody inside the club or not, on a separate issue that is related to this, has anybody been in touch with you to rubbish this uh, William Story's uh, sort of claim? Well, I, um, only from my own point of view, I think what he had to say when he was interviewed on Radio Newcastle didn't really tell us anything. And I also think what he said since... Uh, there was one issue when he said, I know this, you know, the club had done this, the club had done that. Well, we all know what the club had done because it was in the public domain. So he wasn't really um, breaking anything new to anybody. And also, I think now the whole, if you read his latest tweets, uh, I hope my bid is accepted. Well, hang on a minute. If the if the bid is about to go to the EFL for a right and proper owner's test, the bid's already in there. So that cannot be William's story. I think either just by, you know, pure, if you work out the timeline, William Story's bid uh, for all the will in the world. He might think he's got the best bid. He might think he can buy. Has he got a bid? Club. I think is what people want to know. Or, uh, or indeed, has he got a bid? We just don't know. I just think it's just uh, uh, from my personal point of view. I think it's fantasy. I think it's uh, uh, and for the reasons why I don't know. Um, anybody's guess, but I yeah. don't think that's what I, that's is, what I want to know. I want to I want to get him on here in a couple of years when he's just well, gone away somewhere. I wouldn't try and get into his mind and just and see it. No, we, we, to be honest, he, he was prepared to come on here, and then we were backwards and forwards with it, and then we decided not to do it. Well, um, he never got back in touch with his contact. Well, yeah, but we but what it. we but we didn't we, pursue we, it. We set it up, and then we said he won't be back in touch with his contact details because we asked him a couple of questions that he didn't like. Uh, us asking him, and we just said he's 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 not gonna he's not gonna get back in touch. He said, "Yeah, right, sorted." And then I'll get in touch with you, and he didn't. And we said we made a decision ourselves. If he doesn't, we're not gonna pursue him. We're not gonna go out the well, way and give him any more oxygen. He's, than, than he's, he's, he craves it for some reason. So I know, and I know a number of journalists have been trying to get hold of him. Um, some to he's not to difficult to get hold of. <laughs> exactly to a greater degree. Some he, uh, he's just not responding to others. He is so. You know what? What game is that? He's he's playing. I don't. You know, I, I seriously don't consider him a um, a what's the word? A viable buyer. <laughs> um, find other words to consider him something, but not yeah, not, not I'm, to consider I'm, I'm, him. I'm, but um, I no, I don't think he's a. I wouldn't say this this juncture. He's a serious player. No, by any, by, any, by I, any stretch I, of the imagination. I don't think anybody is. Um, what about the Quinn, the Quinn news thing today? I know there's been... I don't know if, where this speculation's come from. Because well, he's, he's, he's resigned at his post. Yeah, yeah but he yeah. he's resigned his post at the... Well, people always put two FAI, and two together when something like that happens, don't they? There was something... There was some, I'm sure there was a suggestion that it was made in one of the papers that he could be involved in, you know, in, involved in this new venture at Sunderland. Obviously, you've you've clarified. I was one of the questions I was going to ask you, Nick, was you know, have you spoken to the the buyers? But obviously, that is not the case. So I guess no, you, wouldn't, you no. wouldn't know. There would be no so nothing I, I don't, about Quinny or anything no, like that. I, I don't. I don't know who the buyers are. I can only I can only speculate, and I can only go down that road of sort of saying, okay, there's this, you know, that strong. I mean, I go I come back to that that sort of um, sort of little. Sort of circle of Satori and FPP, and I think the fact that FPP or elements of that MSD were getting involved in English football um, 
dipping their toe more in the water. And I don't think they've ever gone away necessarily from Sunderland. So, you know, you can start, you can, you can look at that and say there's a thread there, but I don't, I, you know, that it is purely me speculating. Well, get off Nick's back because he's just, he's, he's made a professional decision and he's gone with it and he's on it. And whether he's suspicious, and I'm suspicious of, 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 of who's in charge now. Not of Nick, no, not of Nick, of who's in charge now. I can't help it. I can't help being sceptical. But what I do respect is Nick's amount of integrity and he's made a decision and he's stuck with it. And you know what? If it comes off, we'll all be thanking him for sharing that information because... Uh, but if he's, not, he's, at, he's not, at he's Tweed not underscore Barnsley. <laughs> Right. Get, in, um, get into him. Also, I just get want to clarify a couple of things. First of October, straight into him. <laughs> clarify a couple of things as well before I go. I'm not slagging off ready to go, by the way. Um, <laughs> I've, um, what I think is the club pay too much attention, I would personally, far too much attention. There's nothing wrong with sitting on the internet talking about football, as Gareth said. We sit here talking about football. I go on Twitter myself. I'm quite prolific on Twitter. I just want to clarify that. My brother's <laughs> on it. Some of my friends are on it. I'm not slagging it off. I just think the club pay far too much well, attention. Well, just on on that note, I think there's there is I think there's a genuine um, cause to say that we do pay lip service to things like Twitter and yeah. Facebook and whatever. When I think you know an illustration of sometimes how dangerous that is is this whole thing about the bubble and the refunds on season cards and tickets. In that, when a workshop was run. My partner, Joanne, ran a workshop with her charity for people who couldn't understand the technology. The number of people who came forwards who don't have Twitter, don't have computers, don't understand them, and yet are lifelong Sunderland fans. And they are, you know, and and it's not a small number. It was into dozens, um, you know, if not hundreds of people. Uh, Even one came forward and said the, uh, the first time he'd heard anything about a refund being in his online account was when he heard it on the radio. So there are a lot of people, and we, we make these assumptions that everybody is on Twitter and everybody's on Facebook and everybody is. Yeah. They're not. They are not. And there are a lot well, of Sunderland fans. Unless, unless you're mates with the owners and then you plant um, accounts on ready to go. But after, well, I have to say on that point as well. Well, it does happen. We know it does. No, but for the, club, for the club to assume that, uh, you know, everybody... You know, to make it difficult enough for people who are computer savvy um, to get the refunds, to exclude essentially exclude people. I mean, and a lot of those people, let's be honest, are going to be sort of senior people. Senior people, you know, it's like you kind of don't want to say stealing from pensioners, but it's kind of the vibe. Like, it's like you know. Without without the help of external organisations like you were talking about there, Nick, what would happen to those the, the, those people? You know, pe- people who you know don't know how to 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 claim their money. It's almost like make, let's make it as difficult as we possibly can for these people to get their money back. And they, these are the people we should they would they should be the people who are helped first. Because everybody else should be able to join the dots if they make it simple enough. I'd just like to uh, distance myself of any accusations of uh, stealing from rich people. <laughs> right. Um, I don't okay. stealing from pensioners. <laughs> That's an interesting Freudian slip, though. <laughs> okay. Right. There's it's nothing wrong a, with stealing uh, from the rich. Have you have you seen uh, Robin Hood? It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> if you give to the poor, if you just steal from the rich, you are a criminal. 
Right. We've got to have an element of philanthropy about it. We've got through it. quite a bit consumed, there. We've got through quite cash. a bit there. We'll hand it over to whoever's doing Thursday. I'm not even sure who's doing it yet. Uh, listen to the From the Terrors podcast as well. We forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, and listen to the idiots talk about football. Right. Thank They'll you. will be back on Thursday as well. Sorry? They'll be back on Thursday, obviously. I did say we'll be back on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, I did, yeah. I didn't. I, was, I, was, yeah, I, I wasn't sure who will be exactly on it. Yeah, you've had too much red wine. Right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market